Welcome to Raising Up Cots. We are back in the year 2022, and we thought we would do a little reintroduction of, well, us. So if you've been following for a while, you already know that our names are Madonna and Laura. Yes, I'm Laura, by the way, if you don't know my voice, but we wanted to give you the inside scoop, so to speak, about us today. We're going to kind of interview one another with some weird questions and see where this goes. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So I'm really excited about that. But just to give you a little bit of a background to start off, for those of you that are new to us here at Raising Up Cops, we started this podcast back in Thanksgiving in the year 2020, the the, the 2020. <laughs> and we knew that there was some co- common challenges and questions that were unique to us in the Coptic community, but especially those raising kids in America. So Coptic, but in America. Yes. Or in the Western world too. I mean, if you're in Australia, I hope this is relevant to you as well. Yes. I don't know if I have yet wrapped my mind around the fact that it's 2022. Um, I still have to, I think there was a journal entry where I had to cross out 2021 and write 2022 three times because every time I'm like, I'm going to get it right this time. And I still wrote a one, but it's a little bit crazy. That's a lot of twos. So we wanted a way to talk about these things. Um, these issues that we are facing and make them available. So we thought podcasts. So that's the goal of the podcast. That's why we're here to answer your questions and concerns and to give you some of our own experiences, both as teachers who, um, if you aren't aware, Madonna teaches elementary school and I teach middle and high school. And just to talk about our experiences, both with our students and with our own families. And typically what you'll find is um, Laura's kids are slightly older than my kids are. So she's kind of taken the role of like the older challenges, whereas my kids are young. So we've taken on the role of I've taken on the role of the younger kid challenges. But I think that we've come up with quite a good system here in the way that we end up chatting about things. So that's who we are. That was the goal of this podcast. But we wanted to give you a little bit more background about us personally in a unique way. So, Laura, I wanted to start with a pretty broad question related to the podcast, and then we're going to veer left and go down some weird roads, okay? So, first thing I really wanted to ask you is, what is the biggest challenge you're facing right now in raising your kids? So, both kids are approaching um, the teen years. You know, one is, my daughter's 13, so she is in the teen years, but you know, it's middle school, things are a little more quiet and innocent, and we haven't quite hit that full on mom doesn't know what she's talking about stage. Um, and so that I would say is the biggest challenge is just trying to anticipate and constantly every day laying out um, runway and inserting in my bank trust and conversation and like, you can come to me with anything and all of that, like, all of that very nervous things as we anticipate whatever will come next. Um, And then my son is eight. And so he is just starting to approach um, the early years of puberty for boys. Boys tend to develop later, but we're starting to see like, you know, the, he's starting to look forward at those years and he's starting to think ahead as well. And so we are trying to figure out how do we talk about things? How do we um, introduce him to, concepts step by step and things like that in development and relationships and all of the stuff that we're all dealing with right now um 
and I think that's kind of that I would say is my biggest challenge right now is preparing each of them for those very dramatic next steps. What about you, Madonna? Yeah, I think I could come up with many. Um, <laughs> my my challenges right now, and I know that this is going to sound like a weird thing to say, but my biggest challenge really is myself in, in raising my kids because what I'm finding is I know with my head what I want to do with my kids, but I find that either I'm lazy or I find that either my emotions or something about me is keeping me from doing what I know is right when it comes to my kids. And for me, that's become my biggest challenge. So when I know that my kids are engaging in behavior that personally annoys me or it frustrates me, I have a hard time making sure that I am cool, calm, and collected when I approach this, this topic. And you said it perfectly that we're, we're kind of putting money in the bank right now to help to, to give them something to take out of later. We're trying to build that trust. And so I'm having to really, really stop myself a lot before I react, before I talk, before I approach things. And that's been a real challenge. And it seems like the last couple of months in particular, and I will say that it probably has to do a lot with family holidays, travel, things like that, have been extra challenging. The kids have been out of routine. And so their behavior has been drastically different. And likewise, mine has been drastically different. So we're trying to kind of stay the course. We're trying to go back on to being back at home and being back on our little schedule and doing things the way that we would normally do them. So that is my biggest challenge at the moment. What about your greatest delight, Madonna? You go first on that one. Oh, okay. My greatest delight so far is that my kids, even though they're only four and six, are very easy to talk to. They understand things that are way deeper than their age. And so I feel like when I do it right and we have these conversations, we make a lot of uh, headway together. We are able to dig deep into things that I think normally a four and six-year-old wouldn't be able to do. And I think that comes from the way that we started talking to them from when they were young. Just I'm seeing the fruits of the labor of me, uh, of my husband and I both having not tried to shy away from the tough stuff from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so my biggest delight, I would say, is just being able to sit my kids down and being like, look, mommy messed up today. You know, I sucked today. Like, I mean, just say it to you flat or, you know, hey, that really wasn't cool of you to do to your sister. That wasn't all right. You know, just being able to talk to them like that, that would be my greatest delight. What about you, Lara? So I think along a similar line, I really like it when they correct me on something. Um, when they tell me when, and it doesn't have to be something that I did wrong necessarily, but like when one of them is like, mom, you forgot to do this. You, you forgot to turn off the stove. It makes me so happy that they notice and that they come to me and that they are able to um, feel comfortable approaching me with corrections of any kind. Like, no, mom, you have the schedule wrong or um, mom, you should do this instead. I think that would be a great idea or would be very helpful. You know, and I love getting feedback from them uh, on things that we can improve and just like to have like backup brains, like other people working towards this like family thing together. Um, I really, I really love it when that happens. And I actually <clears throat> wanted to share something really quick about my greatest delight. If you don't mind me coming back and talking about something, um, just to show or to, to illustrate to everybody what I mean by 
us seeing the fruits of the labor. One, uh, one day, a couple weeks ago, when we were at my in-laws house, my husband and I went out for like a little date night and we had left the kids, but right before I had left, I had found this necklace, um, this cross necklace with beads that was absolutely gorgeous. And I bought it specifically for my daughter and I, and I gave it to her as my personal little gift, mommy to daughter. And I wanted to give it to her. And I said, you know, baby, this is a special gift from mommy to you. I want you to wear it that, you know, that God is always close to you. And also mommy loves you. And I gave her this like whole nice speech, but you need to take care of it. It's special. It's whatever I leave. I come back after they were in bed already and my mother-in-law comes to me and she says, I want you to know that your daughter broke the necklace. The beads flew everywhere. Everything came apart. It was a big disaster. And she cried for a very long time. And she kept begging me to call you so that she could tell you right away what happened. And she, and I kept telling her, we're not going to, we're not going to bother them right now during their day. Just wait until they come back. You can tell her tomorrow, whatever. And she became super like she fell apart and she's like my mommy said that when something goes wrong I have to tell her right away and she says she won't be mad and like she just went into everything that we said and I just thought that was so cool because I know that if that were me I do not think that I would have been able to say to my mom right away I broke the necklace that you sat there and gave to me as a special gift the same day you gave it to me and gave me a whole speech about and that to me made me really proud and really happy that it is finally we're seeing the fruits of this. So that's what I mean. I love it. Yes. The fruits of what, of all the different things that we're trying to do, but like when, when we set these goals and then we are seeing them happen before our eyes. Um, what is something that, Oh, is it my turn or your turn? Oh, I will. I will ask you. Oh, okay. Okay. You, all right. <laughs> okay. Um, goals for this year. What is something that you're aiming for this year? It could be parenting. It could be business. It could be anything, whatever you've got on your mind. What is something you're working on? So my sister sent me this podcast about setting goals based on how you want to feel the feelings you want to generate in yourself about whatever it is, work, career, parenting. So I, my goal for parenting this year is to be more loving and that doesn't look like yelling. It doesn't look like impatience. Mm. It, it looks very different from some of the habits that we've gotten into. And so uh, I really feel like that's what I'm looking for this year. And even when things go wrong one day, because my goal is to be more loving overall, I find myself um, not apologizing, but like making up for things as needed. So if I was unable to play last night in the evening because I just had something else to do or was very busy. Then the next day in the morning or the afternoon, I make a point to, you know, make up for that lost time and to spend more dedicated time with the kids. And so I think that's, that would be my goal for this year, especially as far as parenting goes. What about you, Madonna? That's awesome. I actually set a resolution this year, which is not typical of me. I don't typically make resolutions. I, I had like a pretty strong feeling against them. And I think it mostly had to do with me having failed at them every time I've set them. <laughs> um, but this year I decided to do a very small, very attainable, but very important goal. And that was, I want to make my doctor's appointments and go to them. I have totally, I have totally neglected keeping up with dental health with physical health with and and I'm not talking about like 
I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to exercise more and I'm going to eat better. I mean, like, I need to go and see what's going Am I diabetic? I don't know. Am I, do I have high cholesterol? I have no idea. Are my teeth rotting out of my mouth? I don't know. <laughs> it's because I've neglected going the past two years. It started out just being like a, a COVID thing. And then it became a, I'm happy not having to go anywhere <laughs> kind of thing. And I don't want to be poked and prodded and I don't want anybody to, to do anything to me. So I'm going to overcome that this year. And that's going to be my, my goal. That's going to be something that I'm going to do. I'm going to go to these doctor appointments. And also through this, I have discovered not intentionally, I did not set this as a goal, but Danny and I have been reading this book called Elements, The Transfiguration of Elijah. If nobody's heard about it by now, I don't know where you've been, but everyone's talking about this book because it's very, very well written. But um, this book has made us realize that there's a lot of things about our lives that we are aiming, that we, we would like to aim to change. And um, so that I, I anticipate a lot of evolution in our family this year. So we'll see how it goes. I don't have a specific example, but I know it's going to get there. I love that. And I think that health goal is really important for mothers, uh, well, parents, but mothers, and especially mothers of young children, because it's very, very easy to get caught up in their doctor's appointments and Mm -hmm. their illnesses. And they coughed and they sneezed and they did this and they did that. And we don't go. I think I didn't go for, was it really seven years? I hope not. It was something outrageous. It was, that is outrageous. Just so caught up in the day to day. Like, and like you said, you just, you don't want to be poked and prodded anymore. Actually. I mean, I love the dentist for the most part, but I don't know why the doctor's office is more, I guess I'm just waiting for bad news at the doctor's office. Like you said, it's like every time I go, I'm like, okay, am I diabetic yet? (laughs) 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 I know it's terrible. So, but you know, we need to know these things. Uh, okay. okay. Are we ready to veer left yet? Yeah. Let's do this veering. Okay. I really like this question. I hope I answer it well. Um, what were you like in high school, Madonna? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, what was I like in high school? Oh my gosh. I think I'm beyond recognition. First of all, I had no idea how to do my hair. So I stood out because my hair was a giant, ball of frizz at all times of the day. And I did this thing where, oh my gosh, it's so like 19, whatever. I would put my hair up in the front. Like I would have like a little clip and clip like the top of my hair flat right on top, but my hair stuck out in giant Afro all around this part. Okay. So I had like, so everyone saw me coming. Um, but as far as personality goes, I was one of those people who I can say with confidence did not fit into any specific group of kids. I was not the prep. I was not the jock. I was not the nerd. I was not the goth. I was not any of those. I was not the emo, nothing. I just kind of was like a kid and I talked to everybody and I said hi to everybody. And I had a very diverse group of friends, which I until this day hold near and dear to my heart as a pride and joy of my time in high school because I. I didn't see myself as like a cliquish type of person, Um, but who knows if somebody else would describe me that way. I tried really hard to please my teachers, but not academically. (laughs) I um, was not like an academically inclined person, but I was really good at making good relationships with people. So um, I was a teacher's pet, but not because I knew all the answers and did everything right. It was just, 
I just liked hanging out with the teachers and that was just my thing. So um, I would say that I, I sailed through high school personality wise. I did not sail through it academically, um, but I look back on my time in high school actually quite fondly. And I know that not everyone had that experience, but I did enjoy my time in high school. What about you? Yeah, I love, I love what you said about not really fitting into one group. I think we had a group of the people who didn't fit into one group and who were able, you know, who were more fluid with their boundaries. I think actually our high school in general was not as cliquish as our middle school had been. And people did float from one group to another. You go talk to this person at lunch and then come over to that table and so on. Um, I also had a very diverse group of friends. I think each of us were from a different country, something wild like that. And there were like 10 to 12 of us, um, which was, I, I realize now very, very unique. I feel like I wish my kids could have that kind of experience of like just lots of different people hanging out. Um, I was the eternal optimist. I just thought everything was going to be fine all the time. Even when it wasn't fine, it was going to be fine soon. I worked every summer, a different job uh, in high school, which gave me a lot of customer service experience. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And I was definitely trouble for my parents. I was, you know, um, trying to figure out who I was rebellious, um, just testing the boundaries all the time, uh, but not with the teachers. Isn't that given? Isn't that a given in high school? You kind of test the boundaries with your family. You know that there are people who don't do that. I don't know who those people are. What? There are people who don't do that. There are people who do not have that. I don't know how. I've never seen that, but that's pretty No, there are people who, I don't know, unless they're lying to me, but (laughs) people who just like do what they're told. God bless those people. I don't, I don't know how they do that, but anyway. Wow. So that was high school. And I actually about the hair, I mean. I had this Hispanic girl on our bus who did her fantastic, like curly hair. And I'm not going to say it was great, but I got a lot of tips from her. I have to say, and I, I liked my hair. Okay. Like, I don't know why at the end of the day it was frizzy, but for the most part, it was, it was okay. The triangle thing. I don't even know if you can escape that. It's just the, you, it's gotta be a triangle. I don't know how to fluff it in the top, but I don't know. Well, I had, long hair. I had long hair. So it was oh. just like, it was fluffy all the way down to my, my, but how did end. you wear it down? It would. So first of all, my mother would brush out the curls. Okay. That's you, you get out of the shower, you brush your hair. There was no such thing as you don't brush curls. So if I tried not to do that, my mother would be like, what, what are you doing? Go brush your hair. I did not know that that was the cause of all my problems, but I was literally every morning just brushing through my curls. So you can imagine what that looked like. And even until this day, like I am Facebook friends with a lot of my high school teachers until this day, they were like, I remember you as the tiny little peanut of a girl with hair bigger than your body. (laughs) I just remember being like, cool, 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 cool. That's what you remember. All right. (laughs) And even when you look at my yearbook picture, Lara, it's my, so you guys cannot see my face, but I have a very small face. And so imagine like, you know how like when you used to draw pictures when you were little and you draw like a little circle and you put the smiley face in it and then you would draw the hair and it would be like this giant bubble around their head. That was me. And my yearbook picture pretty much looks like that. So that was, that was me. Now we need to see these pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I should post them somewhere. <laughs> oh man. 
but yeah okay okay laura all right are you ready along the lines of like coming into yourself figuring out things about yourself all that fun stuff okay what personality trait would you say has gotten you into the most trouble what has been a problem for you and your personality so sometimes I just say what I'm thinking and that (laughs) doesn't always go over very well. (laughs) And so you decided to make a podcast and tell everybody what you're thinking. (laughs) Actually, my aunt has this theory that that's why people really write novels so they can just tell, tell, tell people off, you know, indirectly. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I could see that. (laughs) But yeah, um, candor is, something that I'm always working on suppressing. <laughs> That's really funny. That's really funny. I actually was just joking with with my uh with my family and I was saying I need to start a, a YouTube channel called Your Writing Sucks and like just <laughs> break people over the coals (laughs) because that's my secret superpower is being critical (laughs) that's really funny well you can use that power for good though you and you have your business and what you've taken on that's perfect for you that's pretty cool okay so I would say that it it may have gotten you into trouble but it has also Mm. turned into a positive for you an asset okay well we'll see about that (laughs) your weakness in one that's what they say We'll see how that goes in the future. Okay. What about you, Madonna? What personality trait has gotten you in the most trouble? I will say that I, my answer probably changed from when I was younger to now, but um, I think that the personality trait that has been the worst for me is people pleasing. I People pleasing for me is a real thorn in my side because it has both kept me from doing what I want to do or should do. And it has also made me do things that I would not do or shouldn't do. So it has, it's, it's, it was really difficult for me to overcome that. And I still, until this day, have a small voice inside my head that all the time says not nice things to me about when I, like, when I do something, I will convince myself that everyone's going to hate it. And it's more about what everyone else perceives in rather than what is. And so I would say that that's probably gotten me into the most trouble throughout my life. So even, you know, through those high school years, like I I did the things that made the teachers happy, you know, and I would say the right words and I would do the the big gestures and things for people all while neglecting all the things that I needed to do and should have done and should not have done and et cetera. So, yeah, I would say that that easily is probably one of my my worst (laughs) or difficult traits that have gotten me into trouble. I was reading a passage in a book this morning that was that framed it in terms of like knowing your worth, that mm-hmm. knowing your worth means creating your own boundaries and then making other people respect them. That that's that's definitely a very difficult thing to do. I mean, even reading the paragraph, I was like cringing. I was like, you mean people will be upset? <laughs> you mean yeah, I have yes. to say no? <laughs> yes. And, I, and the, the hardest part for me, Lara, really, is that I see it in my daughter. She is my twin. She is my twin. And I see how ridiculous it looks from outside. But I totally get what she goes through. I totally get her thought process. I totally understand why she says and does a lot of the things that she does. The difference is my, my daughter wears her heart on her sleeve. So she will tell you straight up, like, how could you do that to me? And like, or, or some, you know, 
Um, we're still trying to figure it out because I haven't figured it out for myself. And so I will say that's a challenge for me in helping her navigate that. But it's, it's one of those things that I definitely wish I could figure out how to use properly. Because I don't think it's also a good idea to just ignore what everyone thinks. There's a very fine line between keeping a boundary and being just straight disrespectful to other people. So yes, it's, yeah, that would be my tough one. Yeah. Okay. Laura, if look like you, you've read the Bible, you know, the characters and we all know Jesus is somebody you'd want to meet and talk to. Okay. But let's like take him off the table for a second. I'm very sorry, Jesus. Don't get upset at me. But if I could take him off the table for just a second, what Bible character would you have the most questions for? Who do you want to talk to? So this one's way harder than I thought when I put it on our list. I I have a couple and I'm like fighting. I feel like there are a lot of people in the Old Testament that I'd like to talk to, Hmm. but I'm going to narrow to the New Testament. And I am between John the Beloved and St. Paul. You know, like I kind of, I think St. Paul, we need some explanations for some of the things that are in his epistles. And it would be nice to just be like, what did you mean here? And how would you like that to play out? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I think also John, the beloved, like I would want, like, I would just like be sitting like at the desk, like start, like, you know, across the coffee table or whatever, just staring and be like, okay, <laughs> revelation, tell me, tell everything. I want to hear it all again. You know, <laughs> that's so like interesting. That You've picked a lot of positive influences. <laughs> I definitely am the other way. Oh, tell me. So which Bible, which Bible character or person do you have the most questions? There, okay, there's two. My first being Judas. Please talk to me. I want to know what you what happened here. Like how, why, when, where, what? Like, tell me so I don't do what you did. <laughs> That's basically my idea. I just want to how like just how I don't know how to explain it just how um I I ask it accusatory accusative wait what is it accusatorily accusatory whatever I accuse him okay but I know very well that my daily choices are Judas choices I do make choices that are against God and against his was just very obvious but for sure we are also living that same life so I kind of want to, I guess you could say, learn from his mistakes. I want to say you were there, you saw everything that happened. You knew what was going to happen. So tell me what, what brought you to the point? What convinced you that this would be more important than just living with him and and whatever. The other person is Lazarus. I want to talk to Lazarus. I want to know, they say that after he rose from the dead, like he became a very unhappy person that he was, he never smiled again. He never did all these things. There's, I've heard a lot of stories about him, but it was something not very good basically after he got raised from the dead. And I just have questions. What did he see during that time? What happened? Did you want him to raise you from the dead? How did you feel after you came back? Were you like, dude, I was happy. Or were you like, that's good. I mean, I don't, I, I'm just curious, what did he go through before and after he got raised from the dead? I think if I remember correctly, the Snixarium says he became a bishop. Yes. So this is very interesting. I, now I really have questions. I really, we need to, 
we need to have a sit down in heaven. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to have a round circle. Okay, Judas is not going to be there, but everyone else, we're going to have a round table discussion. I, we need all these questions. Answered. There's so many people you get. There's little, like, there's just little things like just Noah. What, like, what was it like with the animals on the ark? Is that, this seems stinky. I don't know. Like, how did that go? <laughs> okay. There's so many people I could ask questions to, but yes, Judas and Lazarus are probably my two for now. Oh man. Okay. We come to our last little section. Okay. Um, I like, if this were an opportunity to call all of the Instagram accounts that we love, we would do that. But I have decided that what we're going to do is we're going to name our guilty pleasures, <laughs> Instagram accounts. <laughs> okay. okay. My, my Instagram account is super boring in that I pretty much only follow either Coptic people <laughs> and their and their businesses or parenting accounts I, or homeschooling accounts. It's pretty much very like, what do I need to see? The only one that probably doesn't fit that is uh, Maze Vault, which mm. if you don't know who she is, she's an Egyptian. She's a, a Muslim Egyptian who um, she... She's just a funny, like random person who just talks about like it's her and her relationship with her mom. And like, there's so many similarities between things that they do in their household. So I like seeing that. But at the same time, she's also a little bit arrogant, which I do not enjoy. I do not enjoy the the videos that she posts where she's like talking about being a gold digger and all that stuff. I arrogance is like my biggest pet peeve. I don't like it. But for some reason, she's funny. And so she's just like my out of the box person that I follow that I just like to watch and laugh at sometimes. That's, that's, that's mine. What about I, you? I love that actually. Maze Vault for sure. The, my favorite person in Maze Vault is Mama Wafit. I love her Wafet. mother. Yes. <laughs> How can you love anybody else? <laughs> so that, that for sure. Um, no. Okay. So this guilty pleasure or like guilty account is so guilty. I don't even really follow them. I just scroll over when I just like, when I want, I don't, is this terrible when I want a good laugh? So this account is called preachers and sneakers. And it's about like mega church pastors and their outfits. So, you know, just like if you're while following like a fashion blogger, they have their, um, they'll have their, like, it has a name. It's not a lookbook, but they'll just be like, I got my hat from this place and my jacket from this place. And my, my dress is from here. Um, preachers and sneakers is this guy who's a little bit salty about how much money, um, mega church pastors spend on their clothes. And so he will do like a picture of the pastor who's getting ready to talk about the Bible. And next to it, he will price out different items in his wardrobe, like his $700 sneakers, his Gucci jacket, his like original, um, sweatpants, whatever it is. And he, he doesn't often like lately, I think he's been leaving more commentary, but before he just kind of let the images speak for themselves, like here is a pastor about to talk about loving your neighbor. And he's wearing thousands and thousands of dollars worth of stuff. And I don't really like approve of what he's doing. Like I, um, you know, I, I think everybody should do what they want. And especially criticism of priests. I'm very sensitive about stuff like that, but I just really, I don't know why I enjoy clicking over sometimes and just like, cause they're numbers I've never seen in my life. Like I would never spend 700 on a pair of shoes. 
ever. So I, maybe one day I will, and I'll have a new perspective, but for now, it just really makes me laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. But, but I mean, that's really quite curious because I'm sure it's, it's interesting to see, um, I think we have this image in our mind that pastors should be very meek and humble and, and it's also the way that we're raised in our Coptic church, like, like so much so that the attire is decided for them. They must wear all black and it's a gown and very simple. And I think I, there's, there's such value in that, but I do find it interesting how mega churches operate. It's very curious. So yeah, I, I, I can see why that would be fascinating. But we have a, we actually had a um, guilty pleasure in common mm-hmm. in terms yeah. of Instagram accounts. And it does fit the Coptic criteria, but it's a little bit more of spill the tea version of Coptic criteria. What is it, Laura? So it's at Overheard Coptic. Yes. And I do know who runs the account. I won't spoil that for you all. But <gasps> I, <need> um, <laughs> I follow this account not just because I know the person, but because I love the Thursday dating dilemmas. Oh, yes. My favorite. Uh, it's like such a guilty pleasure to just go through and see. I don't I don't want to say like other people's relation. Yeah. Other people's relationship issues and being like having an opinion. It's a very taunt thing to do. <laughs> I, I also. Yes, yes, yes. And I love when she does the or he I actually don't know who it is, but they do the poll and like they they kind of screenshot somebody's dilemma and then you say like would you would you not yes or no and you're just kind of like "Ooh, mm, I would yes I think you should go for it no you need to run away it's like our own hallmark like movie choose your own adventure (laughs) there's so many times Laura that I read those dilemmas and I just want to be like can you send me the name of this person so I can message them I need I need to help them I need to say some things but now that you say it's a ton thing I think you're right I think I I'm evolving successfully into a tunt. (laughs) (laughs) Very much so. Okay. So with that, I think those are our main questions that we thought would be fun to answer. Yes. Yes. And now you know a lot about us. You know that we're like normal people. We make mistakes. We say weird things. We do crazy things. We have thoughts. So we don't know more than you. Okay. But we do have this podcast and we would love if this was more of a collaborative effort, right? So if there are things that you want to hear about, you want to hear us bring up, talk about, ask you about, say you have something that you think you would offer and you want to be on the podcast, please reach out to us. We have an email um, and it's called raisingupcops at gmail.com. We also, um, you can message us on our Instagram accounts. There is your Laura, you're at, at Coptic Laura. And for me, um, it's Madonna underscore rights. Madonna with one N, by the way that is mine so yeah and that's that perfect i'll put those links in our show notes as well so you can just click right to our instagram accounts thank you so much for joining us this week we can't wait to spend 2022 with all of you have a happy year raising up cops is a production of coptic dad and mom this podcast is hosted by laura michael and madonna lawindi None of the views expressed during this recording are the official stance of the Coptic Orthodox Church or its hierarchy. These are our personal opinions, collected experiences, and organic discussions on selected topics. If you'd like to reach out with any questions or comments, you can reach us at raisingupcops at gmail.com.